Rotaku Men of Culture Games Weekly episode 24 recorded June 29th, 2020. I am one of your hosts, Aaron, joined as always by my co-host, Jordan. Hello. Hey, buddy. There's been some big things going on with our podcast this past week. Yeah. So we have moved uh, with our buddy Tom. A little backstory first. Our buddy Tom suggested to me this uh, website called Anchor.fm, and it's a podcast hosting website, which is completely for free, and they send your stuff out to the other podcast services, if you will. So we are now hosted on Anchor.fm slash Brotaku MOC, and we are now available on through our RSS feed, of course, but through Spotify, Radio Public, Breaker, and it says we're available on Google Podcasts, but I can't get anything to show up, so I'm going to look into that. But um, the important part is, like, if you use Podcast Addict now, you can just search for us. And I think that's pretty exciting. It is very exciting. Get a little more uh, wide wide stream? Uh, I, I, I don't have the word for it, but more exposure, yes. Well, wide wide reaching. Available. Our tentacles are yes, slithering. that word. And what, like what else is exciting about this is one thing, the way we were doing it through SoundCloud is they only give you one RSS feed, and Anchor only gives you one RSS feed as well, but because it's free, if we ever do get around to doing another podcast, we will be able to just start another Anchor account, right, and then actually have a separate feed for our podcast, so it won't all go through to the same feed, which will probably be... Nice for people who don't care about the other podcasts. Yeah, that works perfectly. Yeah, so aside from that, the week's been okay, you know. Still got those cavities I've got to get filled, but other than that, it's been... Well, life's been moving on, you know, Jordan? How, how, how's your week been? Oh, God, I, I feel that. I mean, I just celebrated my niece's first birthday. Wow, it's been that long already. Uh, yeah, that, that was, it's crazy. Your and niece your niece might be having her first birthday, but we're going to, like, die tomorrow. <laughs> and why is that? We're getting old. Time keeps yeah, on slipping. Yeah, it's so true. I, I, the way I explain to people now, I'm like, hi, I'm Jordan. I'm a quarter of a century old now. Nice to meet you. And then I just, my, uh, my aunt that's visiting right now, uh, my aunt visiting right now, she's about 50, so she's half my age. I'm like, oh my god, this is freaking ridiculous, man. I remember uh, talking. I haven't seen one of my cousins since she was like five years old, and now she's 18. What? And then now I'm looking at her like, oh frick! Like she brought her boyfriend with and everything, and she's what? like moving on to college and stuff. I'm like, oh my god, I feel so old. I'm over here wearing this hat because my receding hairline is starting to make a, <laughs> like a Mario Kart map. And once it touches, you know, once the bald spot on the top of my head and my receding hairline touch, it's just going to, I'm going to shave the whole thing off. Well, before that happens, I'll shave it off, but it's coming, man. I'm going old. I'm getting old. Ugh, it's, yeah. That's why we talk about video games and play video games to distract us from our our impending doom, if you will. our, Our own personal heat deaths. Oh, God. Just like the universe let's just let's hurry it up you know me like (laughs) listen it's one of those things i don't want to die but if the meteor crashed into my house i'd be really happy i don't have to go to work tomorrow you know well there's two things i either want to happen i want (laughs) just get it over with or just age me like out of my youth because i'm already like i'm already starting to look in the mirror i'm like i can already tell my prime's gonna be about like 45 I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna be one of those like salt and pepper uh, dads. Salt and no pepper children. dads. It sounds like you're not gonna have hair by the time you're 45. I'm talking about my beard, but like I said, I don't know. Maybe Bosley, something, Rogaine. Yeah, maybe. Know. Who knows? Maybe maybe I can donate some of my hair to you. <laughs> I have plenty of hair. It's just not on my head. It we'll sucks. make a wig. Uh, well, I, do you want to make a wig out of your chest hair, though? Uh, I mean, no, it's really itchy. But at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, like, like if that stuff worked, why are there so many bald people in the world? Exactly. Like, it makes me. It's, it, I suspect foul play here. 
I also feel like in like the success stories, they're all like, look at all my hair. I'm like, you have so much hair already. Like, yeah. I wonder if it's one of those, like, it works, but like, you have to do it before you start losing your hair kind of thing. That's that reminds me of when my my doctor because I was like, hey, I'm getting a lot of migraines, and my doctor be like, oh, here's some medication. Just to let you know, you need to take those before you get the migraine. And I'm like, I let me just stop you right there. I don't know what you're talking about. How can you tell when a migraine's about to happen and then take the medication and hope that you took it in time before it was actually starting? It's pre- the proactive stuff is weird. Yeah, but yeah, you know whatever we'll move on this is a video game show as much as i enjoy talking about hair you know like we can talk about hair whenever you want jordan but for now we're gonna move on jordan this week i want to try rearranging the show we talked about this we've been going for walks this past week what you've been coming with as i've taken my dog um we were talking about maybe finding a different day to record the show maybe rearranging the show i think i'm gonna try rearranging the show so for just a little peek behind the curtain for everybody, um, we record on Monday nights, post Tuesday mornings normally, and I just my Monday nights like I like to have them, but I also like to report the record the podcast. But we have this thing where we talk about the games we've been playing for a very long time, and then I feel like we've been rushing through the news and the topic of the week. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put what we've been playing at the end of the show. So that way we have plenty of time to get through the news, plenty of time to get through the topic of the week, and then if we have to cut something short, we can cut a game we've been playing short. Because sometimes we talk, and I like it, don't get me wrong, but sometimes we'll talk, like me and you are known for talking about games that we literally talked about for the last three weeks for like 20 minutes in an episode. Yeah. So if we have to cut something, I would rather it be like a game we've talked about four times already, you know? Yeah, which we've we've kind of tried self-policing, but not with much success. Whereas, like, oh, I could talk about this all day. Like, I could talk about Persona Five all day, but exactly, I'm not going to again. I've already talked about it for a, probably a total of forty minutes, like all together. We need to find somebody else who has beaten Persona Five and just like have a whole podcast where you and that person are talking about Persona Five, and then we can like bank that one for if we ever miss a week. I actually had like a 50-minute discussion with Kyle last night about Persona 3, 4, and 5. Oh, man. And the animated series for each one. We'll make something. <laughs> we'll, we'll set something up with somebody. So, Because yeah. I would like to have a couple podcasts banked. So, with that said, Jordan, we will jump into the news. We have six news items for you this week. We will start, as always, as we do with Sony News. Number one. Despite seemingly unfounded hate across the internet, The Last of Us Part Two is selling incredibly well, to the tune of 4 million copies in three days well. This story comes from GameSpot's Eddie Mahook. I, I, I'm going to figure out how to say these last names one of these times, but again, not today. Uh, anyway, these numbers originally came from a Sony conversation with CNET, which further added that The Last of Us Part Two is now the fastest-selling place first-party PlayStation game ever in the first three days, outselling the likes of The God of War, 3.1 million, and Spider-Man, 3.3 million over the course of three days, obviously. Uh, This sets a personal best for Naughty Dog 2, previously selling 2.7 million copies of Uncharted 4 in the first week on the market. The success of the game has many people asking if there will be a follow-up game, to which Neil Druckmann said, there's always a chance. It will be interesting to see what direction Naughty Dog goes in from here. They've said they are done with Uncharted for a while, which means that The Last of Us Part 3 is a likely possibility, but could it also be the long-desired Jack 4 or a new IP altogether? Jordan, what do you want to see from Naughty Dog? I want Jack 4, personally. Like, Give it to me. I mean, I guess the only experience I had with Jack 4, as you know, I, I didn't have like access to a PlayStation... Uh... I had one, but I could only play it every every other weekend. So that stuff kind of passed me through my... I, I focused mostly on Spyro when I had the chance. So the only time I saw Jack gameplay is when I, we were doing Saturday Nights at your house back when uh, we were younger. And we saw Derek running through it just, like, consistently. But, uh... I, I don't know. I... 
I think they got a pretty good thing going, but I, I would like to see like a, a completely new IP altogether, honestly, or to have them pick something else up that, you know, people have forgotten about, just like dust it off like your antique shopping or something like that. But what about this what about this unfounded hate, Aaron? I don't know. So I don't know yet either. Um because I I'm not very far into the game. I'm slowly plugging along. My girlfriend's watching me play it, so we're putting like three hours in at night, maybe once or twice a week, uh, which I'm fine with because I'm enjoying it very much. I can't really, the part I know about that people are upset with, I can't really talk about without spoiling it. So I don't know if I want to talk about it quite yet. I can do like a spoiler, like part of the podcast once I'm done with the game. But really, it just sounds like people are upset with how the game is written. And I think it just stems from people are homophobic and don't like the fact that Ellie's gay. Interesting. I mean, I, uh... I could be wrong, but, like, that's the vibe I'm getting. And it's not like this is a surprise. Like, you knew she was gay in the first game. <laughs> yeah, we knew. It's so weird because, like... It, I, it, from what I've seen, it's done in a way where it's like... It's done right. It's, I know, I know it's like a big, this might be a topic for another podcast, but like there's a, as, as someone who like reads a lot and like does a little bit of his own writing himself, like I believe there's like, there's been times when it's like shoved in your face and there are times where it's so natural that no one should have any discussion about it because like it's, it's not, it's supposed to be the point where it's not special. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, they're together. It's fine. It's like your your daughter brings her girlfriend home from school one day, and you're like, oh hey, nice to meet you. I'm you know I'm her dad. Blah blah blah, and that's doing it naturally. But like things like CW shows where they're like they're doing a checklist, like oh we gotta have a black character, oh we have to have a gay character, and blah blah blah. And like as a man that's of color himself, uh, myself, I mean, uh. I like when there's representation in uh, in media of like my own race and of other races and other sexualities, but I don't like when it's pandering and it it's a necessity. You don't like know... it for the sake of it being there, but if yes. it fits the story, fine. It, and it should fit the narrative like very naturally, like. Uh, it, it, it should fit like a glove, honestly. It, 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 there's so much like diversity in the world. You're gonna meet different people with all sorts of different like tastes and colors and stuff like that. But let's say you are in a continent that doesn't have a lot of diversity, and I'm not talking about America. America is definitely like a, it's the boiling pot, of course. So when you're in a different country, however, and you don't see that diversity like i don't know what i'm trying to say i think the thing it it this shouldn't be an issue is what i'm saying i think other people are taking different examples that 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 they've seen of like bad representation where it's just like hey i'm the token black character and they're like oh this is this weird gay agenda blah 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 and i'm like no it's not Right. <laughs> like, and sorry, I, sorry guys there's gay people out there like it's that's just the way the world is and i should say like i said there's two parts people seem to be upset at they seem to be upset with a what they're considering a bait and switch that happens at the beginning of the game it's like please you knew this was coming uh maybe not so early in the game but you knew this was coming and then there seems to be a part in the middle that people don't like i'm not to that middle part yet but like just i i don't know like but i've seen some complaints about this i'm trying to be very careful not to spoil the game for myself but i've just seen some people complaining about things and like it's like it just feels like that's the problem to me and i'm like how wh why is this the problem now i have heard from people that i trust that this story isn't as strong as the first game but some of that just might be like nobody expected the first like nobody had expectations for the first last of us like, they never expected the now, second one to come Now <laughs> we have all the expectations in the world. Yes, and especially considering The Last of Us Part 1 ended perfectly. It did not need a sequel. So it'll be interesting to see. Like I said, I'll be interested to see if I feel like this deserves its spot. But 
it definitely, again, because the first game was so good, did not need a sequel. This game has a lot to prove. So even if it's just a little underwhelming, I can see where some people are upset. But like I said, just some little snippets I'm grabbing out of this. I'm like, some of you people just seem like you're complaining about something that really shouldn't matter to your enjoyment of the game. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, we, we could talk about this later, and I think it'll be an interesting discussion from someone that hasn't seen a lot of play of the game and hasn't played it himself, and someone that has, and I think I know all the spoilers already. Because I am i didn't plan on owning it anyways. Right. I was just going to watch someone else play it, because that's it, more narratively driven games that don't have, involve a lot of choice. I am totally fine just watching someone else play it, honestly. Okay, Jordan, let's move on uh, to some Microsoft news. Number two, Fable and Perfect Dark could very well be announced during next month's Xbox First Party Showcase if recent Twitter, Twitter leaks are real. This is according to reporting from PC Gamer's Jody McGregor. Originally spotted by Tom Warren on Twitter, there are currently two Twitter accounts that are named placeholder but have the at tags of at perfect dark game and at fable to make this more interesting both accounts seem to have official microsoft emails attached to them although a lot of email a lot of the email address is asterisked out since the accounts are private at this time fable's original studio lionhead was shut down by microsoft a couple of years ago so it's believed that playground games famous for the horizon series has spun up a second team uh, not to be confused with Sony's Horizon series. This is like the race car game that Microsoft has. Um, but anyway, they have spun up a second team and have been long rumored to be working on the next game in the Fable series. Perfect Dark, on the other hand, was a rare series, but it seems hard to believe that they would be the ones working on it, considering they are busy with Sea of Thieves and their already announced Xbox Series X title, Everwild. I would imagine a date for the July event should be really coming real soon, so hopefully we don't have to wait too much longer to see if these leaks are real. Jordan, uh, I could care less about Perfect Dark, but Fable, ooh. Yes, I'm on the <laughs> same page as you. There's a huge part of my childhood playing Fable games. Well, not child. I wasn't a kid playing it, but like I was like 16, 17 when I loaded up the old Xbox and played the original lost chapters two and three well this is this and what what's exciting about this for me is i'm coming at it from another angle like fable looks like a very interesting game to me but because it was an xbox game for so long by the time like it came to pc i was just like that's an old game so like if there's a new one though i'm gonna jump in yeah and i think uh one of the better parts of the fable series it's good it, it you don't have to play the other ones to get it like there there is a storyline technically like uh like things that connect all of them together but the thing about fable is you'll see characters pop up from the past and they'll give like little easter eggs and stuff like that but they don't they totally stand on their own so there's like one character named Teresa that's in every like fable game uh up until like i don't know maybe the like the the spin-offs or whatever they try to do. Uh, but besides that, everything's like brand new. And they just make little Easter eggs like, hey, if you played Fable 1, you'll get this and it's pretty cute. I'm like, yeah, that's great. So if, if they come out with a Fable 4 and you haven't played the other ones, you're, you're totally good. Well, that's good. And I'm really excited to see because, and I know it's a racing game and they don't have to render as much, but those Horizon games are so beautiful. Uh, what was the... I forgot exactly what it was called, but I like the more arcadey one because there's the Forza Horizon. It's Forza. It's not Horizon. I'm thinking, yeah, because there's the Forza Motorsports and then there's Forza Horizon. I like the Forza Horizon series. So Playground makes the Forza Horizon series, which is the more slightly more arcadey of the two um, Forza series. They're both extremely more realistic racers, but this it's just a little more arcadey. But the engine they use is just breathtaking and it has a good day night cycle so like if they're using a modified version of their racing game engine like i just can't wait to see the day night cycle in this game but and the day night cycle is pretty important to the series as well like they change like from what i remember it changes like uh enemy spawns and stuff like that so in in a fantasy game with that kind of setting i i think the fable series has always been held back 
by like its its engine and what it wants from it because those are definitely games that need like big worlds i remember fable one was pretty large but it had a lot of loading screens fable 2 was probably the best of the series it also had a lot of loading screens and fable 3 was okay <laughs> so i i'm i'm eager i'm very eager when i heard Lionhead closed down like i i pretty much mourned for it because i was like oh that sucks like they've been trying to catch the like get back on their feet for a while now with some of the stuff that we're putting out like they like a card game like this neat like this dungeon master game and nothing i was gonna say they died with that fable dungeon master game they were making like that um asymmetric like 1v4 fable game or whatever and that's unfortunately that seems to be what did them in that it's not what we wanted we wanted fable one (laughs) <laughs> make a game like fable one again it, it's probably one of the best rpgs i've ever played and it, it stands the test of time if you play it again i was about to say and i get as far as xbox xbox properties this is probably the biggest one that isn't halo or gears at this point right i would assume yeah yeah i would in that in that um that era of just like the xbox original it was definitely one of the heavyweights, in my opinion. Like, it was one of the first games to introduce uh, a good and evil cycle, and like choice-heavy gameplay. So that that's something that really like inspired an entire like like subgenre of games, like things like uh like Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic, and after that, and so on and so on actions you did in the game not only affected the story but affected your character as well like you started growing horns and like your skin was turning pale and like your eyes would turn red and stuff like that it was the first game it was one of the first games that did that so that's that's what it stood on all right if we have nothing else to say let's move on uh we'll get into some nintendo news now number three After hyping a new announcement during last week's Pokemon event that seemed to be teasing Let's Go Johto, this week's Pokemon event introduced us to Pokemon Unite, a MOBA. My information comes from IGN Joe Scribbles. The free-to-play game will be developed by Tencent's Timmy Studios, which means it will be fully funded by Winnie the Pooh money. Pokemon Unite will feature 5v5 battles, seeing players battling for control of a map like an RTS game. Catching Pokemon to earn points, level up, evolve, learn new skills, and all that other MOBA goodness. The gameplay, which I put in quotes, shown uh, was just quick cuts that were hard to follow, uh, showing off defeating Pokemon and capturing them, which allows you to go to specific zones to turn in points and scores. Scoring seems to be how you win the game, unlike most MOBAs that are you're after a specific object. Uh... Turning in enough points will seemingly destroy a zone, making it harder for your enemies to heal since you can seemingly heal in these zones that are on your side of the map. So that kind of has me worried about snowballing. Um, While gameplay was shown, uh, it was more confusing than anything. The internet as a whole is not happy about this idea, but I love it personally. What do you think, Jordan? We we put a poll up on our Facebook page too, so make sure you go vote in that. But uh, yeah, I want to know what you think about the Pokemon MOBA. Love the idea, but I think it looks like crap. <laughs> I was a little I think surprised. It like garbage, man. Oh my goodness. I was a little surprised a genre that kind of birthed off the MOBA, the auto battler. I thought that was a better fit for Pokemon. That would have been probably perfect. Uh I don't think I don't think it's out of the out of the picture. Like, I'm still going to see what it looks like, give it a chance. But from just, like, animation-wise and stuff like that, it looks it looks like garbage. And it doesn't help that I, I it's for the, the, mobi- the mobile device, right? It's for mobile it's for and the Switch. Switch. It's for both, and there is cross-play between the two. <sighs> yeah, it is not going to look very pretty, in my opinion. But It's probably going to look better on the phone, sadly. <laughs> i mean but, if you think about it their cell phones are probably way more powerful than the switches at this point especially in handheld mode 
jokes aside, I think uh, the whole MOBA scene, it's it's unfortunate because unlike Battle Royales, which kind of like got this huge wave. Weather alarm. Keep talking. Uh, it, it got this huge wave following it and a bunch of like battle royales were created and some of them were pretty good like not just fortnite the other side is when you're playing mobas no one could really stick a good landing like it, there's only league of legends there's only dota and anything besides that i i really think heroes of the storm could have worked but they they ended up too late to the party like they needed to hit that train quick because it, it already had the stigma that followed afterwards, after that era, where everyone wanted to make a MOBA, uh, of them being bad. So, Heroes of the Storm really wasn't given a chance because of the bad rep that the other games were getting, in my opinion. So, this is also like, ah, MOBA games aren't in anymore, and no one really had success like trying to get all the um, get the success going, you know? So, I'm surprised. I think Auto Battler would have been way more up their their aisle or do something with your card game like people are still playing that game yeah uh, like, how, is there an online version of that that seems like a weird i believe so yes okay there is i'm like that seems like a weird exclusion if there's not but they should have like auto battler or card game is definitely where they should have went i would have if anything uh what's kicking right now is kind of like the slay the spire uh genre of like roguelike deck builders and I think that could have done well if they tried that. That would have been right up their alley. It would have fit their motif. But MOBAs, uh, I'll keep an eye on it. But yeah, but I, I don't know how it'll go. Like you said, um, hopefully it's good. Uh, I'm definitely interested in the idea. It's going to be free to play, so why not try it? If this is halfway decent, this is going to kill in the East. Like The oh, Asian yeah. markets are going to eat this up, man. And I Just think like that's one thing the internet is forgetting is like a lot of the internet that we know is the West or like European countries. And it's like, there, there there's more than, uh, there's a whole other half of the world that just isn't us that this is probably geared towards. <laughs> oh, oh, trust me, Aaron. There's a little, I, I know about this, this relationship quite intimately because of a little, a little known game I like to be known as City of Heroes when we, it was doing so well in the West, and then in the East, they didn't care about it because they didn't like superheroes at the time. And then it fell, it, even though it was in the green, it still fell through. I think so, still, because of the power of the East. If you ever want to play that, I think there is a very good, considered good private server still running for that. Yeah, I heard about that. I just don't know how to get into it. Um, let's, let's look into it. Maybe that can be our first like game. We've been talking about wanting to play games oh my for goodness. this. I, as long as they sign a waiver that says like, "Hey, can't don't film this." I would love to like make like a like a little thing out of it, honestly, because I I want to see how it holds up with the nostalgia factor, because that game it has a very special part uh, piece in my heart. All right, Jordan, tell us about your number four, which did not change. I didn't change because I really didn't find a reason to with what the list I was looking at. Um, I, I was it. I haven't forgotten about it, especially since I remember how good the original game was, and it's just D and D with vampires, and I'm, I'm still excited for it. But I will say that if no new info is released on the game, I will start to lose interest or. Not lose interest. I'll just forget about it. <laughs> what? what it, maybe, it other ones. Say say the name of your number four, just so people know what game you're talking about here. Uh, Vampire: <laughs> The Masquerade Bloodlines, two. All right. We'll move on to my number three then. My number three was and still is Cyberpunk 2077. So this game just seems like it keeps getting delayed and delayed, but like. Every time they show something about this game, it just looks unbelievable. And they just recently had a bunch of people in, uh, like big people, I guess not in, but they sent them four-hour demos through like the GeForce Now or whatever streaming service. And literally, this game looks like a and d style game like uh, Divinity is, where like at a certain point, you can just go do whatever you want, however you want. But like... 
in a first person shooter like setting like oh my gosh i'm unbelievably excited it's currently set to come out november 17th which spoiler alerts is probably the day the playstation 5 or xbox series x if not both come out so it will be it'll be interesting to see especially because they've said that the next gen version of these games will not be ready for launch so it'll be interesting to see people buying these new consoles and probably just playing a last gen game because this will probably still be the biggest game that comes out with either of these systems yeah i i agree i'm also very excited for it myself too and i wasn't excited for it until i started reading more into it in just recent news i believe like it was talking about what you could do before like doing the main stuff and i'm like wow that's that sounds like stuff i do in fallout so i'm interested they said there's entire sections of this game that you can miss just because like you might not make the choice that like unfloods an area that lets you go there like you can just miss like an entire chunk of the game like i'm really excited because it's it should have some good replay value i just at a certain point like the problems i always have with these games and i think we talked about this on episode eight when we were talking about this game is just i've got to stay focused i've at a certain point i'm just gonna have to play the story instead of just going after every little side thing because especially in a game like this there's probably going to be an unfathomable amount of side things well, there's still people that haven't beat, uh, that haven't played Skyrim's story. <laughs> Can you believe that? They just went around and completed the rest of the game. They're like, wait, it has a story? That doesn't end. Yeah, <laughs> it just that, keeps I mean, generating new things. I'm talking about people that have like 200 hours of stuff that, it, uh, of playtime into like uh, Skyrim, and they still haven't like beaten the main story. I'm like, wow, that's, that's crazy. That's some dedication. Jordan, what's your number three, buddy? My number three was The Wolf Among Us Part 2. And this one was always going to change pretty quickly because I look forward to watching it, not playing it. Because uh, I was never one for like the, the Telltale series, like playing it. Because I'm like, yeah, I'll just watch someone play. It's it's a story. It's a story. Uh, it's going to be Rogue Legacy 2 for me. Yes, and that to. was on my honorable mentions. That was the one I skipped. The game, the original game, was just so good, and like you had so many like, it, I we talked about it in the last podcast too. Like, it set the precedent, the precedent for roguelites, and it didn't set it. Like there was like Binding of Isaac and, and games like that too, but it it was definitely solidified in that age where people were like heavy into roguelites, into games that had huge replayability value. And that being said, this is one of those games that people played an insane amount of hours into. And I'm going to be honest with you, I never finished it. Really? I enjoyed every second of it, yeah. So I I finished it. Um, I didn't put as much time into it as other people because I just did it once and then I was good. But I I just, when I think about roguelites, this is what I think. Like, honestly, when I was just learning the term roguelike, I thought it was named after this game, even though... This game's named after the legacy, like it's yeah. the Rogue Legacy. <laughs> Either way, you know, not I wasn't very smart, not going to lie. But um, I just can't believe how long this game took. Like, I hope this game doesn't end up... I know I'm going to like it. You're Like, I just need more Rogue Legacy. But, like, I just hope this game doesn't fall victim to something they shouldn't have just pumped out right away. Like, I truly don't understand what took this so long. True. I'd, I'd have to do some research to see what this company's really been doing. Because there's no way they're working on Rogue Legacy 2 the whole time. Yeah, no, they with did the, something else. They, I think they did something else. With the graphics that Rogue Legacy 1 had, unless this is just a completely different game, which, in my opinion, would not do its self-service if they did if they went that route. No, this needs to be another 2D platformer yeah. kind of thing. I agree. Speaking of 2D platformers, Jordan, my number two was and still is hollow knight silk song so i've made it no secret in the past that i have a huge heart on for hollow knight and i stick by it i'll pound i'll I'll pound that drum as much as as much as anybody um so very dark game i'm not sure this game's coming out this year uh it's made by two people i believe and every time they talk about it they're just like man this game has gotten more and more ambitious so this is definitely up there in the cyberpunk like tier for me where I'm just like, take your time, give me the game when it's ready. I don't care 
how long it takes. I just want a good game because the first Hollow Knight was truly something special. Like I knew, obviously I bought it. So like I figured I would like it, but I was completely enamored with it. It's definitely, if not top five, top three games of all time for me, I think I put it in the top three of the games of the decade episode we did for sure. But I'd have to think about it, but just more Hollow Knight, sign me up, you know? Jordan, your number two. My number two, Predator Hunting Grounds. <laughs> I, I laughed when I was going back to read that because I was like, I, I doubt he's played that. No, we definitely. <laughs> I didn't even know it got released, honestly. I just liked it when we talked about it. I was like, oh, that sounds cool. I'll put that there. Uh, but another one that I saw on the list that I immediately remembered, I was like, Harvest Moon is coming out with a new game. And I've got to say that after after playing, uh, what's it called, Stardew, I, I started remembering all my old Harvest Moon memories. And I'm like, God, if they just if they just made a game like the one that I played, like when I played A, a Wonderful Life. It was just so, it was so simple and chill. I still listen to the soundtrack now whenever I want to relax. And with, with a couple other songs. And I'm like, just... Just let me live that farmer life again. I don't care if you got to put it in a different package. Stardew Valley was essentially Harvest Moon with some bell and whistles and like a different like art style. But that's another. I talk about the itches that are scratched and are successfully scratched in the genre pools on the show before. Like if you do a good pirate game, if you if you scratch that itch really well, it's done very well. If you do like, uh, well. Oh god, what was the other one? Like space exploration or something like that. Yeah, that was a really good one. Uh with like base building and stuff. Which I should really take a look at uh No Man's Sky with their new update, but that's a different that's a different story about that that's a topic I want to talk about about how reputation on first release can really affect video games. And we can talk about that later when it in def- it definitely will pop up again in the gaming franchise. Um uh, and farming games farming games will always have a special place in my heart just because it's just like it's so addicting and hard to stop because you're like oh i gotta wake up and i gotta get my new crops in order and build my house and these storage areas and stuff like that just it's like base building but like i don't want to say more rewarding but like it's 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 more uh, uh uniform but not uniform there's a word there that I want where it's like it's more habitual. Yes, it's more habitual. Uh, just like waking up, watering the stuff, going to the town, chatting up some ladies or dudes or whatever you like, and then you know shipping your stuff off and petting your cows and going to sleep. It's it's nice. So what I, I, I'm gonna take a look at this game though. I was about to say, what's the temperature on this in a post Stardew Valley world? Because the guy who made Stardew Valley was all like. I made this game because I was tired of Harvest Moon not evolving, not giving me what I really wanted. So I just made the game I wanted. So like, yeah. is there is there hope that Harvest Moon now has to adapt to the fact that Stardew Valley exists, or does it seem like they're just gonna keep beating their own drum? Absolutely. It it's for me. It's constantly missed the mark whenever it tries something new. Um. And that, I think that's what they need to realize. There's Because there's so many Harvest Moon games, Aaron. There's so many. And the reason why you don't hear about them is because they're bad. <laughs> like, I don't know. They, they try something new, which which definitely you're, you're supposed to do as a game developer. But you need to find that middle ground, you know? You need to find what's new and what we can bring over. Sort of like what Persona 5 The Royal did. Like, they kept, even though it's not an entirely new game, like they kept all the stuff that was good and then it just added better stuff instead of taking stuff away that people liked to begin with and and putting it in a, a completely new package just give me a different burger you know what i mean like a hamburger's great a cheeseburger's great when you put like oh now this is a southwest burger i'm like it's still a burger i still like it it's just got some new stuff in it it's still got all the old stuff that i loved now it's just got like a little bit extra to bring out different flavors that you know i didn't notice before but were always there you know what i'm saying 
I get what you're saying, friend. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Jordan, my number one was The Last of Us Part Two. That has come out now. So that yes. has been replaced with Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. We talked about this last week, Jordan. I'm just excited. This just looks like a fun game. It looks like a beautiful game. There's a supposed GameStop leak going around right now that says that this has over 100 levels in it, which means it would have about 25 more levels than the first three games put together. Okay. Which just sounds absolutely crazy to me. I, I'm i just so excited about this game. There's new masks that are going to let you do things like um, bend like gravity so you can like jump on the ceiling and, and stuff. Uh, and there's a couple masks we don't know about yet, so there could be other like just wild stuff. I'm just, I'm very excited for Crash Bandicoot, uh, a sequel to the games that I actually loved and cared about. And we need, we need to keep that, uh, we need to keep that strong platformer gene running in the, in the world, you know, like it, critical thinking and such. And I think the two games that explore that the most are get are puzzle games like legend of Zelda that have a little bit of both and things like Banjo Kazooie and, and crash bandicoot that are just pure platformers where it really helps people solve problems instead of just shooting each other, you know? Because we have plenty of that going around. I think we need to go back to building stuff and jumping on it and finding out the best way to get to the next platform, you know? Are you saying we should play Fortnite? I'm... <laughs> Which has all those, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah. oh, it's the perfect game, isn't it? Oh, my. Oh, you might get crucified for that, but, you know, I, I'd make an argument for it. I, I liked Fortnite for a very long time, and I still like it. I just... Man, I played that so much. <laughs> yeah, people need to chill out when they play that game, and then everything will be fine. Topic for another day. Jordan, take a break, kids. Bring us home. What's your new number one? So my number one was Persona 5 The Royal, and obviously that had come out, and obviously it is my favorite game of all time. I called it. Uh, and my new number one is the full release of Hades. Now, I've talked about this game on the show before, about having this Greek pantheon sort of like roguelite uh, isometric view sort of game where each playthrough is like a different playthrough. Um, but every time I play this game to the current end that it's at right now, I just want more. I'm like, oh, I'm so powerful right now. And I know there's more if I just walk through that door that will kill me instantly and send me back to the original you know, level. And, you know, I, I just want to see what's behind it. And they keep adding stuff to it too, like like little breadcrumbs. Or like, this door can open now after the the June update and stuff like that. And they, everything's just been positive, you know. And the game was already like really high in my scope, but it's an early access game. It's it's been in early access for a long time. And I'm excited because when the game fully gets released, uh, that's probably going to be a couple of days where I. Can, Seth and I probably won't be heard from. We'll just be talking about it because, man, does it itch that roguelike scratch. All right, cool. So that was our revised top five games we were looking forward to in 2020. Uh, write in, let us know what you think. Well, let us know what your top five games you're looking forward to are. Jordan, if you wanted to write in to let us know that, if you wanted to give us comments, questions, concerns, ideas, topic ideas, whatever, where could you email us? You can email us at brotakumoc at gmail.com. That is B-R-O-T-A-K-U-M-O-C at G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M. Uh, we're not going to do a giveaway this week, but we will start giveaways again next week. If you go over to our Facebook page at Brotaku Men of Culture, uh, you can find that Mike donated some things. So we'll have a couple PlayStation 4 games coming up, and we have some Amiibo to give away. So be on the listen for that. Jordan, let's end the show this week with... What have you been playing, my friend? I been playing some of the same old same old but the reason why i was able to talk with you so much about some of these itches that have been scratched and using that gross uh that gross metaphor or simile i guess uh is like i've been playing a lot of survival games and i just remembered like i just really love games survival games mostly that you could tell they're just they're putting their all in 
when they're doing updates and stuff. They're not just like nerfs and buffs, or you can do this, you can do that. Like they're handing out just big packages of of content. So I was playing a lot. Of Don't starve together because they keep adding stuff from that. And I still uh, there's still like a a definitive end to that game in my eyes, but unless you like want to do like full like base building, so that always like gets me away from it. But everything new, like oh, they just released a new character, and this one can do this, and this you can play in a completely different uh, scope. Uh, I'm starting to believe that uh, even Don't Starve Together should probably have some definitive end to the game, like the original one did. Uh, the, the original one had a story mode that you could follow. Uh, it had like a little trial mode that's like, hey, go through these worlds and find the end of it before you die because these worlds are like really tough. Like there's a world where it's like it's winter all the time until you find the end of the level. Uh, and the same could be said. Like I, I wish there was an ending for every character, which would be way too much work, and I know it, but it would be exciting. So like, hey, it, you're your objective when you play Wendy is to find a way to bring your your dead twin sister back to life. Or, you know, if you're Maxwell, you want to escape the constant, which is the world that they're in, uh, and get out of there and, you know, hit the streets again uh, as a street performer. Uh, so, I, a game that I have so many hours that I'm starting to see, like, okay, you're giving me more, but I need like you're just doing else. the same thing yeah like i've you can't i can't tell you how many times i've got to the first winter and just been like all right just scrap the whole world like i don't have any connection to this place at all so you might as well just get rid of it i was about to say honestly i feel like my issue with don't starve together and we've talked about it before is just there's not like a real good sense of progression for me and i i feel like things just take too long like if there was like some sort of mode like you said that either had a story or just made things a little quicker that'd be fine because like i'll literally like play with you and my sister and we waste like i i i i, I use this term because i have no better term but i waste a half a day and always get to the same spot and then we quit because we've literally played for like 12 hours and like i've never really seen past winter because it just takes us so long to get through winter just things just take so long and like you said it, it's really disappointing because you either just die at a certain point or you just get bored like there is, yeah. there's nothing really to strive towards because you're just surviving. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, the, uh, like the bread and butter of the game is just like just go another day. But when when you removed the original point of the of the first game was a progression system where you would unlock, you would unlock characters based on how many days you survived, and you would unlock things that way. You unlock new items that you can craft and stuff like that. But don't start together. Like ah, everything's unlocked. Uh, I'll buy it a few different things. Uh, you unlock things by surviving certain amount of days with a character. You can unlock like random uh, clothing and stuff like that. And I'm like, uh, give me something else. Give me a reason to keep playing this game besides just finding out the new character that, like, how that character plays. Because it's going to take me a lot to start a new character instead of building upon the 156 day world that I'm already on where I have like a full castle. Agreed. You want to keep going, or should I go with a game next? I mean, I, I can, I I could probably finish mine. Yeah, run run through your stuff first, and then I'll do my stuff. So I I put down that I played for the king, but we really don't need to talk about that too much. It's it's a good game, and I want to uh, get back to it. I've only played it the one time. Were you in that group when I played with Derek, or was it Derek and Matt that I played with? It was Derek and Matt. I don't remember playing with you before. Okay, yeah, uh, I, I definitely I've only played it the one time, but man, it was I enjoyed it. <laughs> like I want to get back to fun. it. It's very fun. It's very difficult. Uh, Seth and I just did the the endless dungeon uh, route together with our friend Miles. Uh, and you know Miles too. He was he was the drummer, yeah, uh, in your band, uh, band group. Uh-huh. Uh, and it, it was yeah, it was a very fun. It was a very fun mode where it just takes away the overworld sort of aspect of it, and just like you just go fight to fight to fight. It's it's like you're in a perpetual dungeon. Oh, okay. Uh, in Me. that game, and you get gold, and you can spend it at shops that show up like halfway through the game, 
like halfway through the levels and stuff like that and it just gets progressively harder and harder because it's endless and it like i think we made it all the way down to hell and like there was demons and stuff down there and the first level they like they burned all of our equipment that was in our inventory and like and we're like oh this is the this is the zone where we're supposed to die if we aren't completely stacked by the time we get here and we realized that so that's when we bit it but it was it's really fun the dichotomy that you have uh between the two games uh the two game modes like the overworld aspect we're like oh you got to finish this quest and then go to here by a certain time while managing chaos and then you just have the war it's like hey if you want if you like fighting and buying stuff and looting and stuff like that just play this phone just, just play this one i'm like ah, oh, i think we'll uh we'll have this in mind when we have some of our drinking nights together we're like oh we'll just do the endless mode instead i don't really feel like thinking and then State of the K2, I, I play with Matt and Derek. And that's the whole thing that made me spot, like, man, I just really love developers that keep adding stuff. Because they just added a new uh, a new patch that introduced an easier, uh, an easier game mode. Even though the game is incredibly easy if, if you have, like, friends, like, multiplayer people. So we were playing on the second to hardest difficulty... And that game gets really scary when it once things start to like threaten you actually. So we were freaking out last night because there was a lot of freaky things that happened in that game <laughs> because it's a zombie game. So uh, we were really surprised and I'm eager to play more of it and uh, it's to try out the the most difficult setting, which we plan on doing very soon. All right. Cool beans. I'll wrap up the show with what we've been playing here quick. Uh, my first game, The Last of Us Part 2. I've actually only put like three or four more hours into it since the last time we talked about it. Again, I really don't want to spoil this game, and we kind of had a good conversation on how I'm feeling about it in the news segment. But just know I'm still playing it, still enjoying it. Um, definitely, definitely gunning to be my game of the year so far. Maybe that's a topic of the show we can have soon game of the year so far uh but yeah i got back into dragon quest 11 which i really can't i know i've talked about this before but i can't stress how pretty this game is um when games are are big big like one connected world but are segmented i've realized it allows them to put more into the worlds like i'm really impressed with how alive this game feels even like when you're in town like granted a lot of the npcs don't do much but like they like they're there and like you can see them it looks like the town's alive and when you're out in the overworld because things are zoned they can put things in the background of these zones and it just makes the world feel more connected so like you might be able to see a town that's like two zones over that maybe if it was just like one big open world it wouldn't be able to load in like that far of a view distance but because it segments it allows you to see these things and i noticed that with final fantasy i noticed that with final fantasy 14 like the world just felt bigger because you could see things unlike in wow a lot of times where you can't see things because there's a draw distance just because it's a big open world yeah um, and, and that's a game where the that's a that's a what's it called a concept that's really important to games that have a large overworld I, I think one of the games that did it best was Breath of the Wild, because uh, you had this sense like everything kind of flows and connects with each other, and the and the world's so huge, and people just want to see something in the distance and say you can go there, like you can you can climb that mountain. That's probably why people love like Morrowind and Oblivion and Skyrim, and also games like uh, like Fallout. Yeah, and those are examples of games that do the open world and being able to see it so it can obviously be done but i've just i've noticed it more with these with these square inks games i guess um yeah. with like zones it just they it seems to be easier done uh or at least like i just notice it more and it might be some of the art style too because i mean akira toriyama does all the character design so like i'm very interested yeah. in the characters it's it's cartoony so it's not you know, like super realistic. I notice a lot of times when it's super realistic, unless it's really good, like The Last of Us, for example, I don't, I find myself not caring about background stuff as much 
like in wow a lot of times derek has to remind me look up look up and like just look at the ceiling in this dungeon it's like oh yeah that is pretty when you actually take the time it just doesn't my (laughs) eye isn't naturally drawn to it kind of thing there's there's a strange uh I, I heard this when they were talking, the the art directors for Legion were talking, and it, it, it made a very valid point when it comes to environmental design. And you can see it in both ways, and both ways are positive, but in the main, like, head director of the art design uh, for, like, environments uh, pointed out, he was like, the it, it sucks because... Uh, I believe the question they were asking was, do you feel bad when people don't notice the stuff that you put into the game? And then he says, no, because I know if uh, if I did my job right, you're not supposed to notice, you know, like you're not if if it's so in tune with where you're at, like the, when the music comes in and the environment's right and the and the enemies are where they're supposed to be and you're supposed to be where you're at you're not supposed to notice the stuff around you it's supposed to take you by surprise when you stop for a second you look around you're like wow i didn't know this this stuff all like like at all that's deep (laughs) yeah i mean the and the other side of uh of the coin is when something's done so well um that like you you take notice and you're like wow that's really beautiful and you were looking for it too that's also a way of showing that it's well done is like you put yourself in the shoes of the character usually a character that hasn't seen that much of the world and you see this world for the first time you're like wow this is beautiful this is amazing like that's probably what they felt you're role playing very well right now <laughs> right and then um the last game i played uh, another one at mike's suggestion uh, free-to-play game on Steam right now, uh, Dungeon Defenders 2. So the Dungeon Defenders game is, I think, what Orcs Must Die was inspired yeah. by. Um, I didn't know about this game, so I was like, wow, this is like Orcs Must Die. But um, anyway, so what it is is it's a tower defense game where you're more active during it. Like, you you're, you actually get to play as somebody defending, so like... You get weapons and stuff, and you have armor. So it's like an RPG. So you have like your own characters, and you can build a deck of four characters. And then each of those four characters you have have different towers and stuff they can set up. And kind of like Orcs Must Die, like different ways. There's different defense points. Things come in at multiple ways because, obviously, you're working with a 3D plane. It's not like a balloons tower defense game. Um, so this is really neat for me, again, because like, I'm a big fan of Orcs Must Die. Uh, the best thing I can say about this game is it's just fun. Like, this is just a fun game. And I am... That's what I feel about tower defenses in general. Like, they might not be the most in-depth games ever. Even this, like, isn't the most crazy in-depth RPG or the most in-depth tower defense game. But when you combine them both together, it's just enough to have fun. And that's what I love about it. Uh, I'm still working through the story, but apparently at a certain point, like, it just gets to the point where you're grinding gear and stuff, kind of like an RPG for your characters which kind of excites me. Uh, being a free-to-play game, it does kind of stink that a lot of the other cool-looking characters are... You can unlock them in-game, but they're clearly they want you to buy them. So that's a bit of a downer, but I, I get it if this is a free-to-play game. There's actually a new Dungeon Defenders game that just recently came out in Early Access, but a lot of people aren't happy with it right now because it doesn't have as much content as one or two. And one... The original Dungeon Defenders right now you can get for like four bucks, and most people actually apparently prefer that over Dungeon Defenders 2 even. But I just like that Dungeon Defenders 2 is free to play, even if it's only four bucks for the other one. The new one's currently like 20-some bucks, and I'm sure that will get around to being the definitive version. But until then, I'm very happy playing this free-to-play game. And like I said, it's just it's just fun, and that's what we play games for, to have fun to kind of distract ourselves so it's nice just to play a game once in a while that isn't it's not about it's not making a statement it's not trying to make you feel anything it's just you're trying to have a good time yeah i think we talked about that too there's some games like you don't need to have a huge narrative like you don't need to like people telling a point sometimes it's just fun to have a game that has fun mechanics and fun concepts that's just like a not exactly a one and done, but like, oh, I had fun doing that. I could do it again. Right on. 
Jordan, that is our show this week. Um, so, like I said at the beginning of the show, we are now available on Breaker, Radio Public, and Spotify. We're hosted off anchor.fm uh, slash brotaku moc. I'm going to figure out what's going on with Google Podcasts. It says we're available there, but it's not showing up when you click on that. So, but anyway, I'll, I'll post stuff. If please go over, like our Facebook page. Uh, we might be getting some new listeners now that we're. You can find us on podcast services. So, if you're new, welcome. Glad you stayed this far into the show. I hope you enjoyed it. You can go over to our Facebook page that is Brotaku Men of Culture and give us a like. We would appreciate that. And now I notice you can also review our podcast. So, if you could review our podcast, maybe give us some positive remarks. If not, you know, give us a one-star review too. That's that's fine, but I prefer the five-star reviews. But yeah. No, give us the other review. The three-star. Give us the three-star review. Keep us. Give me the, the three-star, man. <laughs> no, five-star reviews would be great, but if you don't think we're worth a five-star review, um, leave us some feedback. Let us know what we can do to get there. Give us an email. Yeah. yeah email us at <laughs> protakumoc at gmail.com. Anyway. That was fun. Thank you, Jordan. We, sh- I'm going to check the weather. We should try to go for a walk, maybe, eh? Yeah. All right. Until next week, though, we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.